October 1st, Howard Stern adds Baltimore to its radio network, WJFKAM. October 7th, child star Adam Rich of Eight is Enough fame is arrested for stealing hyperdermics. October 11th, televangelist Jimmy Swaggart seen soliciting a sex worker. Today, we are going way back to 1991. Hey y'all, welcome to the Wayback Recap, a podcast that obsessively explores all things past, from our favorites in TV and film, to those plastic jack-o'-lantern leaf bags that you your mom throws them at you, and you have to fill them up with leaves and put them in the yard. Yeah, try to make a chore seem fun. <laughs> Which it's not, because none of the leaves are crispy, they're all wet and goopy, and it's terrible. I'm Brandon. And I'm Patricia. And this week, we're talking, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes. <laughs> so, Are You Afraid of the Dark started off as kind of like a Canadian and American horror fantasy-themed anthology television series. Right. Uh, the series was created by DJ McHale and Ned uh, Candle. DJ McHale, he's actually most notable for work before are you afraid of dark he was a writer for the abc's after school specials oh yeah famous like not he did a couple the, episodes more you know yeah encyclopedia brown and then he also did uh the cartoon series toxic crusaders which yes. was a spinoff yeah that when i found that out that was like a memory unlock for me because i was like toxic crusaders i remember the cartoon and i definitely had toys featuring the series definitely yeah i remember the cartoon commercials that's what i remember the most and for those who don't know, Toxic Crusaders is a kind of like a spinoff cartoon series of the Toxic Avengers from the Troma Entertainment series. Right. Uh, and I think they're probably, if they haven't already, did like a remake of that. Oh, I'm sure they have. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, and he also wrote for uh, another childhood iconic show of mine, Ghost Rider, that was on like uh, PBS. I love Ghost Rider. Love it. Yeah. Dude, Ghost Rider. I used to turn in for that shit <laughs> all the fucking time. Like that theme song it came is so iconic. Right after Where in the World Was Carmen San Diego? Do so that solid afternoon lineup. PBS. I am learning things. I am having fun. There's a cappella. And like when I think about Ghostwriter, and this episode is not about that, so I'll <laughs> keep it short. It's just that like it was such a diverse show and it was so in interesting and kind of creepy because it's a yeah, ghost. Exactly. But then they're solving mysteries. My two favorite things right? ghosts and solving mystery i feel like people who like ghost rider now are into true crime one but... million percent yeah so the original series was a joint production between the canadian company sinar and like when i read that that kind of reminded me like of my childhood again like another memory unlock like watching <laughs> childhood tapes and seeing like it's like a blue logo um anyways <laughs> Sinar was most known for doing like the English and French dubs of shows like Ronin Warriors, The World of David the oh, Gnome. The World of David the Gnome. The Busy World of Richard Scary. <laughs> These are all chef kiss. Yeah, Madeline, like yeah, those cartoons. Madeline. And then for me, like I used to watch this all the time on Nick, Space Cases. Yes. Yeah, sci-fi show on Nick with the dude from Power Rangers. This is <laughs> a deep dive. Okay, we gotta stop. It's funny how interconnected they all are. But you'll see even like with the uh, in space cases, a lot of these series share some of the same actors I'm who sure. work with the same people, sure. and we'll get into that. But I, uh, it's just really interesting to see like a lot of these people's careers. Exactly. Uh, but they're most known for shows that I sort of watch, but not really. Arthur Zubumafu and Caillou. A little too old for those, I'm afraid. Yeah, like I, I only know about them through working with kids. Yeah. Um, also, Nickelodeon was involved. <laughs> the show was filmed primarily in Richmond, British Columbia. Uh, the island of Montreal, Quebec, and it included their suburbs. I'm sorry, I am terrible in like kind of like geography anywhere other than I'm my a house. Disgusting yeah. American. So I'm unfortunately not really taught geography. I'm definitely not taught Canadian geography. I'm so sorry, world. Uh, so I don't have any reference for any of these places, but they all sound great and they look beautiful on the show. Yeah, they absolutely do. I think unknowingly, a lot of my favorite shows, not a lot, but there was like a handful of shows that I really liked as a kid who were filmed in Canada. Yeah. You, like definitely Are You Afraid of the Dark? I was like, oh, this is definitely Canadian. <laughs> it's really interesting too. I'll get into we'll get it in into just it. a second. The show was initially conceived to be kind of a straight to video children's series called Bedtime Stories for Lazy Parents. Which is an excellent, excellent, excellent name. And it's what my child care of, I don't know. No, seriously, like, 
not I don't want to call my parents lazy, maybe just like overworked, busy, doing other exactly. things. Exactly. Yeah. But this would probably be something that I would have watched. And I did, I guess. And if way. God forbid I were ever a parent, would describe me. I'm sure <laughs> I would be a very lazy parent. <laughs> uh, the show was gonna have like this old man uh sitting in front of a chair reading to uh, an audience in front of like a fireplace. Sure, classic He's got a big old book stuff. with fairy tales. Yeah, you know. Sure. When I think about olds, you know, that's what they do. No, no offense. I'm an old. Same. They felt that like they wanted to save more money by having to use stories that were already public domain, which is Genius. just smart. Yeah, very, right? very smart. If you're looking to make, okay, you're like, I want to make a cheap show. Using public domain things is only going to further that goal. Yeah. It's only going to help. Exactly. And since most of them are free, the ones that are yeah. public domain, and most are just happen to be scary. They started to go like a route to have like scary stories being read. Genius. Yeah. Uh, but then they thought about it a little harder and like, man, maybe like an old dude reading scary stories to a bunch of kids isn't going to get them to go to bed. It's going to have the opposite quote, unquote, effect. helpful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they kind of reworked it. They thought maybe like instead of having an old man do it, maybe the audience, the children would be more receptive to other kids telling scary stories definitely because it's kind of almost like a sleepover or like a campfire which is what they went with the setting campfire takes everything to 10 because we're you know an old man sitting in from a fire this is very comforting yeah i'm right? not nervous at all the dark woods where there is oh i am immediately mo more scared like just <laughs> i'm not even kidding like but just by the setting you take me from like a safe fireplace and you put me in the woods with a fire, I'm already more scared. Absolutely. So smart. No, and that's kind of what they went with, yeah. too. They felt that was more of the vibe they were going for. And so the title was changed to Scary Tales, which then was kind of like a play on fairy tales. Genius. But once Nickelodeon got involved, they decided to change that because they didn't really like that title. So DJ McHale, the show's creator, remembered a Dr. Seuss book, What Are You Scared Of? Or excuse me, What... Am I scared of? I don't I've really never heard of this book. I haven't Dr. either. Seuss. Yeah, I'm. I looked it up and I was like, oh, that's really cute. And it was like a librarian reading the book, the oh, video fun. that I watched. Yeah, and I was like, man, I do like getting uh, stories read to me. I, yeah. Oh, there you go. Like as a kid, like I used to love story time. Well, and we've maybe mentioned this a couple weeks ago. I had a toy that would read to me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And, but then also, my big brother was reading before he could walk. He like was reading very early. Dang. Josh loves to read. And he would read to me. So Aww. between my brother reading for me and the my mother goose reading to me, I <laughs> was in like second grade and they're like, Patricia cannot read. <laughs> this is a terrible problem. <laughs> Real story. Oh, wild, right? I don't need to laugh at that. But if you're like, man, I'm getting read to, bro. I'm like, what do I need to read for? <laughs> like, I have all these people read to me all the time. <laughs> so I love it, clearly. Yeah, so... So that book title, he asked himself, what am I afraid of? Yeah. Um, and he thought to himself, I'm afraid of clowns and I'm afraid of the dark. And that's when it came to him. Are you afraid great. of the dark? Yeah. It's great. Are you afraid of the dark? So many people have such a strong reaction to the dark. Oh, I'm proud of him. Great job, DJ McHale. You sound like a super cool dude. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Sounds like, like Ride the Skateboard. Like, <laughs> DJ sir, McHale. Right? Not related to Joe McHale. I don't think. I didn't do that much research, I but I feel like... I hope they are related. <laughs> they're like distant cousins. Mm -hmm. So now that they have this kind of like scary angle, and remember when we talked about kind of like with um, Treehouse of Horror, that a lot of times parents get upset and there's outrage yes. with these scary episodes. Yes. But they decided, since they were using these stories that were public domain and they were already used, a lot of Edgar Allan Poe stuff, that like parents couldn't be mad at it because it's like classic literature and things like that. I also, I mean, that's a great point and I totally agree. But then also, when this show is called Are You Afraid of the Dark? You are setting a certain expectation about that show. Yeah, Like, true. it's not called Butterflies and Candy Corn. Like, this is a, <laughs> I am telling you, this show is scary. I'm telling you that. If you can't understand that, you cannot be mad at my show. Butterflies and candy corn <laughs> would be a great name for like ponies or something. I hope they are. Like ponies. My Little Ponies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sure there's a, my, a candy corn My Little Pony. I hope there is. I feel certain. It probably smells like candy corn. Just like sugary sweet. Yeah. Anyways. The series premiered with the episode The Tale of the Twisted Claw, which is what we're going to be talking about today, right? I had 
no idea this was the series premiere. Yeah. Wow. Well, here's a complicated history. <laughs> yeah, it's not the series premiere. It is. It, this is, would have been the premiere like on Nickelodeon. Both. This episode? Yeah, YTV and Nickelodeon. Cool. So it originally was premiered as a standalone Halloween special on YTV on October 31st in 1990. Love it. Yeah. It would then go on to air until like June 11, 2000 for them. Okay, cool. Yeah. The pilot for this was aired on October 25th, 1991 on Nickelodeon as part of a Halloween special. Love it. The following year, the show didn't even get picked up the series until uh, August 15th, 1992, when it premiered on SNCC. One of my favorite lineups. Where you have a SNCC episode coming. Bro. I used to have like those orange tapes I of like SNCC. I also had orange tapes. I tape. was a SNCC girl. Me like too. I would watch SNCC like it was my jam. I was a Fox Kids like Saturday morning cartoon viewer. Yeah. But like Saturday nights and shit like that. Any other time? SNCC. I was there. And the show aired until like April 20th, 420, 1996. Uh, the show was both a critical and commercial success, getting like Lots wow, of awards. good for them. I'm so good for them. Love that. With the new title, Are You Afraid of the Dark? And they kind of had a premise with the other kids kind of telling stories around like a campfire setting to to the group. They came up with the idea of the Midnight Society. Cool name. Yeah, right? Nailed it. Every episode, there was going to be a secret location in the woods and one member would tell a scary story to the group. So DJ McHale didn't really want to kind of have that Midnight Society group. He didn't feel that was as interesting as the stories themselves. So sure. when he originally had like the idea to write the Midnight Society, he kind of just like blew it off, wrote them off really quickly. In fact, they filmed, I think, every Midnight Society like vignette. Mm-hmm in a week's time when they originally no picked the kidding. series up. Yeah. Cause he was like, uh, whatever. But as the series aired, the audience, the children really like kind of connected with the midnight society. And he was super surprised by that. Yeah. I think the midnight society adds a lot to the show. Yeah. He thought so too. He knew that like a lot of times with kind of like these anthology series, the reasons why they didn't do as well was because there wasn't like that element of continuity. They don't have that wraparound. Like we talked yeah. about last week with Treehouse. Like, sometimes you need something to frame the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's what the Midnight Society said for. Which is great. Yeah. I will say, like, it's so interesting to me. I wonder if the show had issues with, like, satanic panic stuff. Because this is, like, late 80s, early 90s. And on paper, we're looking at a show... That's, where I didn't 10 even think kids that angle. Go You're... into the woods yeah. to tell scary stories. Like that's basically like there are dateline episodes that start like that. True. That is so true. I didn't even think about that. And it, that is such a good point, <laughs> dude. Because that was like the height of Satanic. Yeah. Panic. Yeah. And these stories they're telling, these are not crybaby stories. Like some of these stories are very serious and scary. Well, maybe because. I think another reason why, like, there wasn't as much, like, had these characters been dressed in, like, all black Oh, goth, for sure. Oh, yeah. These are, like, all American kids. Like, well, they Canadian. always Right. <laughs> these are all Canadian kids. Like, they're always very clean cut, and they're nice to each other. They, they give each other, like, little jabs and stuff. But no one is mean. No one is crying. And it's all in good humor. Like, the kids are yeah. having a good time. The kids are not scared. A lot of times, yeah. So, we're introduced to the Midnight Society with characters with like gary again not a goth but no. he's like an unassuming bookish looking guy he has glasses yeah which, i think he looks quote unquote like a smart guy yeah he's played by ross hall and i feel like he's a little bit older like i feel like he's the leader of the midnight society yeah absolutely right? he is definitely the leader of the midnight yeah. society he's the one who's like dousing out the he fire calls then. the meetings to order yeah he looks like he would do like model UN. Like I, he loves procedure. <laughs> you you didn't have to read Gary like that, it's man. A, it's a compliment. Get that big brain, Gary. So here's a little interesting fact about Gary. He is the leader, right? Right. So Gary was when the original original pilot was filmed. He was 
the only person from the original Midnight Society that transitioned over into the series. Cool. He played the different character of Frank, but then he got, I guess, promoted to the role of Gary sure. and became like essentially the leader. Because they're like, it. this kid can act. He shows up on time. He's respectful. Give him a job. As the series progresses, Gary kind of gets known to have like stories that have like a distinct fascination with magic. His stories tend to have kind of like cursed or enchanted objects involved in them. He reminds me of um, from Night Court, Harry. What's his oh name? my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. I can't remember the character's name. Oh man. Harry. I used to, yeah, I used to watch Night Court religiously Night Court. as a kid. See your previous episode. <laughs> Full disclosure, guys, um, my dog has decided that now is a great time to play with her to- her toy. Uh, <laughs> so you might hear a lot of like clicky clacky sounds. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> she lives here. <laughs> <laughs> she is not respectful of other people's time. And it's one of her better qualities. Yeah, we love her. Another character is Betty Ann. She's vibrant. She's open and eager and has a passion for kind of like the bizarre and twisted her stories kind of involve themes involving aliens or things that are supernatural love it she's brave alien stories scare me my personal favorite is kiki obviously the tomboy kiki has the best clothes oh yeah they're always like those uh super duper colorful like windbreaker yeah very of the time a lot of her stories tend to follow the lines of like carelessness or deceitfulness What's really interesting is a lot of Kiki stories sometimes featured black people because she was also a black character telling the stories, but that kind of died off a little later in the series as it went on. I like that you do it. First of all, it's fun to see people represented in stories. I loved it when Tatiana Ali was in it, the Maury twins. Let me tell you, I felt seen there. And it, it says that like one of Kiki's stories that's jumping to my brain right away is in the same season where like a family goes and they get a summer house. Oh yeah. And, like they're a super normal family who are on a great vacation. It's not like they're blo- like, they just handle it in a cool way. It was yeah, just that is a really good episode. Great episode. Frank, he's a punk like teenager dude. Who's <laughs> when I was a kid, I was like, what's up Frank? <laughs> Brandon has a type. I, I don't, but I do. <laughs> It's man. Man. <laughs> Ooh, one of the things I love about Frank is he has like the recurring character, Dr. Vink. Fun. Do you, you know who yeah, I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Vink. Good call, Frank. Like having a reoccurring character. Good idea. Yeah, right? Good idea. That actor impressed everyone with his initial role so much that they decided to invite him back. That's and that only happened awesome. with one other actor too. I love that. Mr. Sado. Do you know who I'm talking about? <laughs> I like, I know Mr. Oh my God. He kind of had like a ponytail and he has like a little ball on top. He was in a couple characters. I'm sure I episodes. would know. Like I was sure I would recognize him. Yeah. Kristen, she's a girl who has kind of like a squeamish kind of quality to her. She loves ghost stories and fairy tales. I feel like one of her stories was the story about like the dogs, the yeah. ghost dogs. Yeah. You know what I'm talking yep. about? Yep. The Fox Hunt. Yep. She's played by Rachel Blanchard. Do you know who Rachel Blanchard is? I do. But tell me. Because I don't know where I know her from, but I know I know her. Oh, bro. You're going to love it. She is Cher from That's TV. Thought, yes. Cher from the Clueless TV series. The Clueless TV series. Rachel Blanchard has done a lot of stuff. But that's like where stuff. I know her from. And I love Clueless, the TV series. I she's really good on it. Man. There's this episode, sorry to go another route with this show, but there was this episode, it was like a Valentine's Day special episode where they would give each other like colored lollipops to signify different things. And I always, like when I was a teenager, I was like, I'm going to do that in high school. Oh, I love it. Yeah. When I was little, because I was probably like 10 when that series came out. I feel like she's done, this actress has done a lot of stuff. Yeah. I think she was on Babysitter's Club. Like, I feel like I've seen this girl and stuff. Rachel Blanchard, man. Uh, Kristen, the character, looks like a horse girl. (laughs) Like, she always has a denim jacket on. (laughs) She also gives me Allison from Hocus Pocus vibes. Yeah, very that. Very that. I feel like she, I feel like Kristen tells the story of the, in my opinion, the scariest episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark about the dollhouse. Oh, man. I think she tells the story, but that might be Kiki. I might be misremembering. No, that's Kiki. That's Kiki. Okay. Then you have David, who's kind of like quiet and mysterious. He's the one who actually tells us this episode. Yep. 
his stories tend to be less about kind of like outside forces and things like that, but more around things of like past events that are left unsolved. Oh, there's darkness inside normal people. He kind of goes that route. Ooh, much more real estate. Don't make it too real, Dave. And then there's Eric, who is a character who only lasted a few episodes. And I guess he just didn't read well because they don't even explain why he disappears later on in the series, like with other funny. characters who eventually leave and then are replaced. Is it because he's a ginger? I... And they're like, he's soulless. <laughs> oh. can't have him on the show. Whoa. <laughs> I love gingers myself. So when they were looking for this cast, uh, DJ McHale actually traveled around North America, so Canada cool. and the U.S. Good call. Yeah, searching for actors, looking all around for people. Mm -hmm. He looked so hard for actors, I guess he caught chicken pox as an adult. That was a lot of time spent with children. Yeah, bro. That's so wild. Also, how did you not have yeah, I don't know. Pox? I I feel like when adults get chicken pox, they can get really, really sick. Yeah, it's that's really bad. That's why they bad. people get it as a kids. Yeah, dude. I think that's why they have like chicken pox parties and stuff. That's wild. It's scary. You want to know who was offered a role on the Midnight Society but turned dying. it down? Tell me. So one of the people he was most impressed with, get this, was Ryan Gosling. Of course. Yeah, Canada legend. Uh, Ryan Gosling like auditioned and got cast, but however, Ryan Gosling was like, "Nah, I'm going to do Mickey Mouse Club." Instead. I was just going to say this sounds around. This sounds like Mickey Mouse Club time. Yeah, and I loved Ryan on Mickey Mouse Club, and I love Mickey Mouse Club in general. Yeah, same, same. So he eventually did do later episodes of Are You Afraid of the That's Dark? So he was fun. like featured, but he couldn't take that thing because I love you know. It. it. But Mickey Mouse Club's more his route too, like the dancing, he was the a singing, dancer, singer. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, DJ McHale sounds super fun, and I love Canada, but I got Mickey Mouse on the phone. Yeah, like, I'm I got get that Disney, Disney money. money. <laughs> Sir. Sorry. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm going to go live with Justin Timberlake for a while. <laughs> Did that happen? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he stayed with the Timberlakes. Interesting. Think, for like a season. I, that's... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay, so we all know the classic opening credits of the series. It's a montage of the spooky imagery. Spooky! Yeah. You get that like rowing, bobbing kind of rowboat thing going on. <laughs> it basically looks like American Horror Story without the bing, 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 bong. <laughs> <laughs> the Horror Story music is just like really, I kind of love that. It's iconic. I love American Horror Story. I know a lot of people don't, but I'm a sucker for spooky. I also really like American Horror Story. Bless you, Bernie. Thank you, thank you, Bernadette. Please sneeze right into the microphone. One of my favorite parts about the opening is the match that lights Me itself. Too. I mean, I feel like that's iconic. There's kind of like a little controversy, not necessarily with that match, but you notice like in any episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, you never really see them light the fire. Right. It's already lit right. when they get there, which right. is kind of dangerous, right? Just showing up to right. like where's this fire. Right. Well, they were afraid that like if they use matches to light the fire, the kids would imitate that. You want to be responsible. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I think there was only one episode with like Gary doing it. Oh, but only one. I don't think there was a lot of that. So it's just really, yeah, right? And they always put the fire out when they leave. Yeah. Gary. And then later, once uh, Gary leaves, his brother Tucker's introduced as a character and he does it. later. Yeah. So you get like kind of the introduction with the Midnight Society and before they actually tell a story, the storyteller will begin each story by saying, submit it for your approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story blankety blank. That was actually a nod to Rod Sterling on uh, the Twilight Zone. Oh, cute. He would always say, submit it for your approval. That's DJ right. McHale was a yeah, huge fan. I love and so that was kind of added to that. And now that that's in my mind, I'm like, of course. Yeah, of yeah. course. How did obviously. I not know that at the time? That's wild. And then they grab a handful of dust and throw it into a fire and then poof, the tail of. Yep. Do you know what that was that they threw? I have no idea. I thought maybe it was like glitter. No, it's not glitter, bro. It's coffee, mate. It's like coffee creamer. It's powdered creamer. Yeah. We should do it right now. I wonder. I don't have any powdered creamer here. Okay, but we'll do that. <laughs> or <part>. a fire. <laughs> we can make both or get both. That's so interesting. Fun, fun, fun. Yeah, they had to dig it out of that leather pouch, throw it into the fire, and then the flame would just like poof up. And then you get like the eerie white smoke and the messaging. Pretty good effect. 
effects on this show. Yeah, let like, me tell you how many times after shit fires. For sure. I mean. Yeah, love it. But for 1991, I feel like the effects here are pretty good. Once the Sears kind of evolved, there's always kind of a theme that would go along. Obviously, like the paranormal, because that's kind of, of always course. spooky to kids that age. Even now, you always get stuff like demons, ghosts, a haunted house, curses, sometimes aliens. The alien episodes were really freaky. There was that one where, oh, never mind, because that's a spoiler. Mm-hmm. We'll do a later episode on that. Love it. Okay. Um, witches. Vampires, werewolves, whatever, scary, all, spooky all stuff. All the good, all the all the good things. Usually, they would get filmed in kind of like libraries, abandoned houses, or woods. Where they would film in the woods, it was an arboretum. So, they, oh. yeah, and so of course, since it was like protected lands and things like that, they weren't allowed to use like bug spray and <laughs> other things to kill stuff. Uh huh. So a lot of times scenes, you'll notice that some of these scenes in these series are kind of just weird and gross. It's because they could only choose those scenes a lot of times in the woods because those are only scenes where people aren't swatting away at flies. How funny. Yeah. Wild. That's wild. Filming on a budget. (laughs) And it checks out. Like, I do think the show, like, while I I think the effects and stuff are fun, the production quality is, like, a solid C+. Yeah. I mean... As a kid, I don't really think much about it, but now definitely I'm like, oh, wow, I definitely see there was a budget for this. And that's why they chose stuff that was like public domain Which too, right? Like they're saving money doing yeah, that. 100%. The, the episode we're watching right now, uh, today will be the tale of the Twisted Claw is kind of an adaptation of W.W. Jacob's short story, The Monkey's Paw. 100 million percent. Yeah. Very that. <laughs> Very that. Let's watch some TV. Let's watch some TV. The show begins in a dark room with a clock that's like ticking (laughs) and a young kid sleeping in his bed right now, opening his eyes to the white smoke filling the room and a bedroom door opening. The kid wakes up, is frozen in fear as a hooded creature emerges from the the closet i guess also smoke i'd be worried about a fire he pops up it's a dream oh, thank goodness yeah it's a dream hate it and he leans over his bed and the hooded figure still there oh, no! screaming false start everyone's screaming as well and it's our midnight society kiki all the gangs there eric was telling a story and he leaves it on cliffhanger because he can't think of what happens next and saves it for another meeting. Something I love about this hypothetical society is it means 12 kids are going home every week and they're writing a story. Yeah, that's very so creative. Fun. Like this is super creative. And they come and they test things out and you can start your story and be like, I haven't finished it yet. I wonder what these kids in this universe are doing now like know. you know what i mean yeah they're all bloggers they all have like <laughs> lifestyle blogs if you did shit like this that's cool i did Super not cool. no, i did not hang out with I a lot of people watching reruns of <laughs> fucking Mary with children <laughs> so since eric hasn't finished his story the midnight society is everyone's like okay who has a story and everyone's like oh nobody has a done story except quiet aloof mysterious david what about you david hey, you david. haven't told a story in a um, while hi it's me the white girl <laughs> um do you have a story <laughs> david begins to tell the tale of the twisted claw good name it's the night before halloween and two boys kevin and dougie are acting a fool so they said that the night of halloween is called or the night before halloween is called the mischief night i never knew that i didn't either Furthermore, I, I didn't do the shit like this. I was going to say, I've never done this. The shaving cream, uh, throwing newspaper in the trees. Like, I never, newspaper? That's not what I meant. Toilet to paper? Toilet paper. <laughs> <Can you> imagine, <laughs> Read the New York Times, you bitch! <laughs> you did the crossword wrong! <laughs> uh, I never did this. I didn't know anybody who did this. Um. Okay, so whew, maybe the statute of limitations is up. I don't know. <laughs> But I feel like me and my brothers were destructive assholes, too, when we were younger kids. But I don't remember necessarily doing it in Halloween as 
maybe i don't know yeah i did this one time to a dude's car <laughs> who was a dick but it wasn't anywhere near halloween yeah it was just off the whim <laughs> It was just because I had these things in my car. I was like, let's get that car. It's very interesting. You just had those things in your car. It is interesting. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin and Dougie spray shaving cream in the face of Miss Clove. She's an alleged witch. So I got set the scene for you, uh, listeners. So they have arrived at this woman's home in the evening. They go up to her front door ring the doorbell, and then, sh- like, spray shaving cream in her face. Yeah, that's kind of a dick move. These kids are assholes. <laughs> it might be assault. I don't know the law. Like, but I feel like I could, if I punch one of them, it should be fair. Or, like, kick the shit out of them. <laughs> Poor Miss Clove. She's... Like, even if she is a witch, these children are wrong. Yeah, absolutely. You guys attacked me in my home. And it's not even Halloween. It's the night before Halloween. Yeah. Get out of here. I will say his hat's pretty cool. We both agree that the hat is cool. Yeah. Kevin's got a cool hat. Poor Miss. Is that actually Miss Clove? She's tumbles over, by the way, getting back to the story, with the shaving cream on her face and knocks over what looks to be an expensive vase. Dougie obviously feels bad and kind of sits there and wants to help her while Kevin's like, dude, let's go. We got to run. Let's go. Miss Clove finally gets like the shaving cream off her face and she's gets this real deep good look at him she's furious but then she starts laughing menacingly like a very creepy scary laugh yeah it's freaky she is it's off-putting and then we get this jump scare of a plastic mask that dougie's wearing while his dad is reading a newspaper ignoring his son as hard as possible dude been there i've been that annoying kid this mask creeps me out that this kid is wearing i hate those like full pull over your head masks they creep me out they remind me of like slasher flicks i don't like them at all i don't like them this is the most 90s split level (laughs) farm there is so much wallpaper bullshit i've ever seen flower wallpaper in so many different colors and positions this woman's doing her best jill from home improvement impression (laughs) uh, as she's handing out like halloween cut or candy and kevin's being a dick to these younger kids and says some really mean stuff as they walk in into the house to get candy which i think is really weird Agreed. Kevin is also dressed in a culturally in- insensitive costume. Yeah, he's playing a person experiencing homelessness, and he's a jerk. He's we a jerk. all hate Kevin. Yeah, Kevin's the worst. I mean, and then Dougie's just wearing that mask. So, like, if these kids are out here criticizing other people's costumes, how dare they? Because <laughs> your costumes are lame. Kevin gets the audacity to want to go back to Miss Clove's house to get candy. To trick or treat. After they sprayed shaving cream in her face. That, and she knows you. She saw you. Yeah. You stupid jerks. He's like, but we're in a costume, dude. But you look the exact same. So Dougie's like, no, dummy. That's too hot. <laughs> but Kevin talks him into it um, after kind of like insulting him. So they ring Mrs. Clove's doorbell. Which is dark, by the way. She's not implying she's giving out the candy. Light, the porch light is off. Yeah, the that means don't come over here for people who don't know how to trick or treat. Miss <laughs> Clove notices the boys. And I think she knows who they are. You think she knows who they well, are? Well, she does. Like, she creaks the door open. And she looks. And it's all very slow. And the boys are like, trick or treat? And she's like, oh, hey, boys. I didn't think anyone was coming. Come on in. And it's just like, if you aren't hip to the bullshit that she is about to throw out, you You deserve this. Yeah. So Miss Clove invites the boys in. Again, I've never gone in somebody's house to get candy as a kid. Absolutely not. Especially without a parent or guardian involved. No, I was I was a young child in California. And so Halloween was always hot. <laughs> and so most of the time you didn't even ring doorbells. People were just like in their driveways. And you wow. just like went up to people and said trick or treat and they gave you candy. That's really interesting. Yeah. I remember knocking on doorbells and stuff. Knocking on doorbells. <laughs> knocking on doorbells. You Ringing doorknobs. <laughs> Dougie doesn't want to be in there, and rightfully so. He's trying to leave, but Miss Clove is kind of, no, let me see your costumes. Turn around. Like, playing it up, being the nice, quote-unquote, old lady. Right. 
while she's like quickly shutting the door and like pushing yeah. the boys further into the yeah, room. Yeah, right. It's very off-putting. And Dougie, you have the right to feel. Always that know where your exits are, guys. Kevin's a dummy, and he's like, "Yeah, let's get candy, <laughs> because bro." Because Kevin thinks she has candy. First of all, her reputation around the neighborhood is that she's a witch. Why do you think she would spend nine dollars on a bag of candy for trick or treaters when she doesn't like you? <laughs> like, you're what are you doing? And even if she had candy, she's definitely not going to get to you now. When last night you, you fucked her all up. Yeah, true, Kevin. You're Kevin an idiot. He's not using his critical thinking skills. He's got candy in his sight. He's not. <laughs> so as Dougie's trying to push his way out, Miss Clove's like, "No, no, I have a special treat for you, and just stay right here. You're the only trick or treaters I've had all night. Like playing up, kind of like that manipulation of like." But again, guys, use your context clues. Why are you the first trick or treater she's had tonight? The lights are off. Come on. But I do love a special treat. So, <laughs> right? Special treat. What Tell kind, me more. How special? <laughs> Is it marshmallow treats? <laughs> as as she kind of walks off into the other room, both Dougie and Kevin notice that the vase, that vase, excuse me, that she knocked over is still on the ground. She no didn't one has clean it, cleaned it up. up. Miss Chloe comes back and she walks in with this box. She opens it before the boys, and there's this weird kind of music playing. And Miss Clove explains that what what they have in the box. Dougie's like, "What is that?" And she's like, "Oh, it's a vulture's claw." And the boys have the funniest knee jerk reaction. They're like, "Oh," <laughs> which is <laughs> which is really funny to me. So she comes out with this box, and right away, kids, there's no candy in this box. You Gotta know go. that it is not a baking tray. Like yeah. nothing good is in there. It looks like there should be like a dagger or like a jewelry. Like it's that kind of old timey box. Yeah. And, and I like, don't trust Miss Clove because she has the most permiest of perms. Like, <laughs> Well, I also think, you know, she hasn't cleaned up the vase. That's interesting. Like it's just odd. And then she shows you this mangled, disgusting. Wooden like carving that is really creepy. Yeah. Because she says it's a carving, but it looks like a, it looks like a claw, like an animal claw. Yeah, and she explains that it's like charmed and you get three wishes, which greedy ass Kevin's like, three wishes each or for both of us? Because that's what I need to know. Now, you know, I love talking shit about Kevin. <laughs> but, but good question. This is an important question. Yeah. Like, I need nuts and bolts facts. Do we get six wishes or do we get one and a half wishes? <laughs> and here's the thing. Kevin's a little short-sighted. The next question, young Brady would ask. Can I wish for more wishes? <laughs> no, I, I was going to say, oh. are bad things going to happen with these wishes? I would have asked that initially. That's a much better question. Because I've seen this. I've seen the telltale, whatever it was. See, I would think more at this point, it's before that, but I would think to Aladdin, and I would mm. think Genie's rules for wishes, which are, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I would immediately apply these same rules. That would be my mistake. Yeah. Again, Dougie doesn't trust the situation. Dougie, trust yourself. And he's trying to decline the present, but Miss Glove, excuse me, Miss Clove insists and won't take no for an answer and children listening you can always take no you can for an always answer. say no oh see, yeah always 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 you can always say no yeah thank you you can always say no to an adult like that's creepy stuff miss clove or even if a person has given you a gift and they say oh you know please take it you don't want to take it they say please take it you say fine it is also 100 your right to then take that gift and throw it in the garbage <laughs> like, i mean yeah there's no re you just because you accept a gift does not mean you need to keep a gift. Absolutely. That's just a little bit of advice I would give. As they're kind of like walking out the door, Miss Clove warns the kids, be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. And quite honestly, my dumb brain goes to the pussycat dolls. Be careful what you wish yeah, Every single time they keep, because they repeat the uh -huh. saying over and over. Yes, they do. Trying to hammer that in. Be careful what you wish for. And I just think of the pussycat dolls. I hope this episode had a big effect on them. And that's why they wrote that song. I think so. I think that may be like a hidden meaning behind it. As they're leaving the house, Kevin keeps mocking Miss Clove. He's calling like a crazy old lady and teasing Dougie. And Dougie is like, I just wish this night was over. Because he's just getting fed up with how Kevin's acting. Yeah. Just like everything I don't blame going him. on. I get it. Yeah. He wants to end trick-or-treating. And as he says that, he's holding the vulture's claw. And it quote-unquote moves. So Dougie screams and throws it on the ground and said it moved i would be flipping out kevin doesn't believe him but as they round the corner after that happening 
Dougie's wish has come true in the sight of one thing that terrifies me most of all. And I think it's actually kind of a common fear of people's teenagers. A gang of them. On Halloween. And they have masks on, so you can't see their faces. But they're like, it's very menacing. Yeah, they're sitting around just causing chaos. It's a playground. <laughs> they're just waiting to harass kids. And so they circle both Dougie and Kevin. And they're kind of being like distorted in their voices. And they're wearing these really freaky masks as they're walking around them, like taunting spooky. and pushing the kids. It's so spooky. it kind of gives this, yeah, it's film where it gives this element where these, these quote unquote teenagers are kind of otherworldly. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really scary, to be honest. And they grab Kevin's candy and Kevin is a jerk. So he's like, get off my candy, bro. <laughs> Um, and then they kind of struggle like the main teenage villain. Sure. And then I guess Dougie pulls a smart one and lets go of the bag and the villain like flies backwards and Classic. that gives them enough time to run away. Classic. Good job. Good job, Dougie. So this is a big fear of mine is to be chased, especially by a gang of unruly teenagers on bikes and exactly. masks. Same. Because they mean... I'm going to murder you. That's essentially what that means. And they feel super isolated. Again, there's no one around to help the kids. There's just the scary teenagers. And this eerie fog. Right. And they're all alone. Yeah. So the boys actually use their brains and hide in garbage cans as the teenagers kind of like bike off. Genius. Classic. I never think of hiding in garbage as this, though. I feel like you'd be trapped in it. Like, what happens if they find you? And yeah. then you're just stuck in a can, and they can roll it. <laughs> <laughs> Dougie's had enough, and he's like, I'm out of here. And then Kevin's like, dude, what are you complaining for? That you got your wish. No more trick-or-treating. You're the worst. You're the worst, Kevin. Next, we have the guys back in school. The school day after Halloween, the worst school day Dude, of all time. Isn't it the worst? I hate the day after Halloween. Kevin's still wearing this really dope hat that I want. <laughs> and Dougie's got this cool flower shirt. Like, I would wear this stuff. Everyone needs a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's hair is. Yeah, Kevin's up long. here teasing Dougie, though, about like the twisted claw and how their night was ruined. When a girl passes by and hands Kevin a flyer that mentions a popular boy at school, Bostick. Kevin decides that he's going to use the claw to beat Bostick in a 600-yard race during field day. So he makes this straight-up wish. Like, he holds the claw out, and he's like, I want to beat Bostick. And then the claw lights up and vibrates out of his hand. So yeah. again, he <laughs> feels the claw move. Kevin's such a jerk, man. I could not have been friends with Kevin. Because even like... after that, he teases Dougie about it. Yeah. So the next, we're outside, it's field day, right? And you get this classic trope of a gym teacher who has never been inside a gym before. I had one. <laughs> I'm not going to say his name, but my middle school gym teacher was one of these people. My middle school gym teacher was in excellent shape and looked like Jon Stewart. I was in love. Hey, me too. What school was that? <laughs> so again, like 10 clearly Canadian kids are are lined up for the race it's great yeah they're about to start their race for the 600 yard dash uh for field day when there's a false start and then they fire the gun and everybody takes off running so, bostic's in first place the entire time clearly doing great i would also like to say first of all in the race there are boys and girls yeah in the class there's a person in a wheelchair yeah. and there are several people not participating in but they're all like cheering on the race it's a very inclusive class even dougie who is not in the race is cheering for his friend uh kevin the whole time it's sweet yeah it's really yeah kevin is following behind bostic closely and gains momentum and he's really close and it's like between these two bostic's taking the lead and then we get like this weird growling noise like really deep and intense. And Dougie seems to be the only one who notices right. it. Even over like the roar of the crowd. Yeah. Everything stills because Dougie hears this growl. And he kind of looks off into the woods. And we just hear that sound. Um, This is a really beautiful like neighborhood wherever they are in it's Canada. very green. Is, yeah. Lovely. So as Bostic's still about to run up into the finish line. Yeah, they're close to the finish line. We see this beautiful black uh, German Shepherd dog running behind from behind Full a tree yeah. yeah 
straight across the field in front of Bostic, but no one else apparently sees this dog and trips Bostic as Kevin jumps over a rolling Bostic <laughs> to win the race. With a huge smile on his face. Bro, and he does this douchey finger gun thing as it's he crosses. Terrible. Uh, you are not number one. Fist pumps. I love it. And then this weird, yeah, Kevin's a douche. But then the dog disappears. <laughs> And then when Dougie's like, oh, my God, did you see that dog? Everyone's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Kevin's super excited, cheering when everybody notices that Bostic is on the ground, writhing super in pain. Super hurt. Yeah. Holding his knee, doing the classic Nancy Kerrigan. I will say, <laughs> dude, you can't talk about sure Nancy can. <laughs> Tanya Harding. We should go as Tanya and Nancy for Halloween. Duh. Un. Who are you? I get to be Tanya. I knew obviously. you were going to say it. <laughs> I am a brunette. So once we get back to the story, David continues telling us that Dougie's parents went out for dinner. Kevin is at Dougie's house. He's like showing off his blue ribbon uh, medal that he got. So let's get, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, we got to no. give a shout out here. So how old do we think Kevin and Dougie are? I would say at least 12. I was also thinking 12. Yeah. So how cool. They're like, okay, we're going out to dinner tonight. Call your little friend. You guys can hang out here. Be cool. That's nice. I... Stayed home by myself when I was like 10. Me too. I feel like maybe. All the time. Yeah. It's different nowadays. Like my family would go out to like my brother's football games when we were older. Uh, Like when he was older, when he was in high school. And I'm a terrible little brother. Sorry, Brian. I was just gay and Don't needed some space. Don't care about football yeah. also. I love you. But he he would go. They would all go to his football games on Friday nights. And I'd be like, I decline. Have a great time. See I'm going to stay later. here and watch TGIF. Yep. And enjoy myself. I feel that 100%. No one's here. Yeah. I will order some pizza. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. But it's just cool that they were like, oh, totally. Stay home. Call a friend. Yeah. Have a nice night in. Truly and honestly. Cool. But Kevin is still being a dick about his stupid medal. He's like, oh, I earned this. Whatever, girl. Dougie is real freaked out, though, about like the Twisted right? Claws power. He yeah. saw a ghost dog today. <laughs> If I saw a ghost dog, I'm out. Yeah, I would have a lot of feelings. A hellhound? No, thank you. Absolutely. That you set on someone? No, I. This is some devil bullshit. You we don't need to be dealing with. Be, you can't be gaining something without sacrificing something. So the idea of like, oh, I'll just make this wish, and there will be no re repercussions for me. No, ma'am. Yeah. How it works? Kevin's like, well, then give it to me. And Dougie's like, we need to give this back to Miss Chloe because she she did this. Right. Like she's mad at us. Like we should. We were jerks. She is upset with us. We should apologize. And he's like, we should also tell my parents. Yeah, he's like, first things first, we should tell my mom and dad. Which is smart. Get an adult involved. Again, this is some scary shit. Some scary shit. And this is the responsible thing to do. But would you believe your son if he was like, look, I made some terrible wishes? If my son, I would consider it. I would listen to him. Okay. If nothing else, he's very upset. There has clearly been some trauma. So even if I think what he's saying is baloney, I want to hear the whole story. Yeah, that's Tell true. Tell me what happened. And very often, or not very often, 12-year-olds don't speak to their parents, so right? I would listen. Exactly. Like, what's up, bro? Yeah, here's a little tip for teenagers out there. If you have a parent who has an intense reaction to things, if you start, number one, just tell them the truth. It's always better. But if you start crying right away, when you start telling them the truth, they're automatically going to feel bad for you. <laughs> so if you've failed Spanish twice, um, like call your parent as soon as you know you failed and start crying <laughs> and then talk to them about why you failed Spanish on the phone and they will not be mad at you. Wow. That's good advice, mom. Here to help. <laughs> rich auntie minus the rich. <laughs> Is she auntie rich advice. or does she just not have kids? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh shit i lost the place that so like kevin has D dougie threw the claw at kevin and he was like i want to tell my parents so like with the thought of with the thought of them calling his parents and stuff like that kevin's like i wish you would just lose your parents and kind of like not even thinking he says yeah, it just, he just like he's frustrated he's like stop talking about your parents i don't i wish you'd lose your parents yeah dude and how many times do you just say i a wish a million times i know this is why this damn claw is so tricky it's a good story so after he says that of course the claw moves glows green and then dougie walks up to the phone and where he the gets phone the phone rings yeah 
where he gets a phone call from a police lieutenant who tells him, hello, son, I have some bad news for you. Your parents have been in a car accident. They've been taken to the hospital. In which, after which, Dougie slams down the phone and rips, rips it, it out, out of the, the wall. wall. <laughs> also, we talked about this earlier. I don't think that's how that happens. I'm sure someone has to like, inf- that's just is, very callous. There is no way a police officer picks up the phone to call a child and to tell that un- <laughs> that child with no adult. I don't need to laugh. That's so terrible. And it's like, your parents are dead. That is not how notifications happen. Uh, but Blanche Devereaux in an episode of Golden Girls, which is canon, said that the police detective who called her when her husband died was eating food, was eating chewing chips. chips. Yeah, eating chips in her ear. But she's an adult. <laughs> um, this is a child. He knows this is a child. Like, social services and the police would both have to go to this kid. I would assume so, too. And they too. would both make that announcement. With a designated adult that would then take him into custody. I would hope so. <laughs> but the reaction of yanking the phone out of the wall, ugh. You will never know. The problem with cell phones is that you'll never feel the satisfaction of slamming down the phone receiver. That's why I want to get a flip phone again. Oh, I love a flip nothing phone. Nothing like a flip. And a flip that phone and toss it. <laughs> toss. I'm not talking to you anymore, Mom. <laughs> oh, you're funny. You're funny. That's Ruby snoring. <laughs> dog talk. Dog talk. Kevin realizes what a huge mistake he just made. So he tells Dougie to wish his parents to be okay. But Dougie's like, every time we make a wish, dummy, something goes wrong. I'm not going to do that. not caught on to this? (laughs) Dougie then accidentally says, I wish Gramps were here. He'd know what to do. Which, duh, dummy, they're going to get a zombie Gramps. Or ghost. Something we're not told about is that Gramps is dead. Oh, yeah, that's true. So it's like, I wish my Gramps was here. And then Kevin goes, uh, your grandpa's dead. Think about <laughs> that. And so now we understand that zombies are coming. Yeah, man. It starts, the zombie evasion starts with a car <laughs> pulling up. Grandpa's car. Yeah. Dougie looks out and he's like, uh, that is my grandpa's car. I would shit. This is, this is not okay. Yeah, dude, that has to be so fucking I would wild. Freak out. Poor Dougie and Kevin. Kevin runs to the clock. He's like, shit, this is the only thing we can use to stop this. This is magical. And I think Dougie's used up all his wishes at this point. That's three, right? I have no idea. I think. (laughs) Dougie stops him because Dougie's like, dude, if you make a wish, it's going to be bad. He knocks the claw out of his hands and he's afraid that like the grandpa is going to be like a skeleton or something. Just kind of like undead. Yeah. Kevin and him are like fighting over it. And then the doorbell rings. Nope. Kevin grabs a claw and gives it to Dougie, who tells him to wish it away. Dougie actually does still have more one more wish. Uh, he wishes the smart wish, because he's like, dude, this is what we should have did all along. I wish we never blo- broke Miss Clo's vase. Genius. Big brain dad. Good job. I would have went one step further and said, I wish we never would have sprayed Miss I guess that would have been like the thing that wouldn't have made her break the vase if they could spray her. Sure. But maybe even the toilet paper wouldn't have been a good idea. Yeah, I wish we hadn't bothered the witch. (laughs) 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 So with that wish, everything goes away. Yeah. Uh, Kevin checks his pockets. The metal is gone. And the doorbell rings again. They're terrified. Rightfully so. But they do open it. And it's Dougie's mom and dad who forgot their keys. They're totally fine. That's such a really scary uh, feeling, though. Oh, my gosh. Dougie, obviously, is super excited to see his parents. So he gives them, like, a giant hug. And his mom's like, oh, thanks, sweetie. Maybe we can go and get ice cream later. Which is a great happy ending for the boys. Literally, the mom is like... Right away, they get home, and Kevin's like, oh, you know, I'll leave. And the mom is like, no, man, let's get some ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) The boys then hear the doorbell ring once more, (gasps) and they go to answer it. And sitting on the doorstep is the vase, all fixed with a note on top, which says, trick or treat. Nice. Trick or treat. Nice. (laughs) I'm trying to think of the creepiest way to hear trick or treat. Trick or treat. Oh, my God, that was very scary. I can only think of trick or treat, trick or treat. (laughs) 
as David is ending his story, we get this cut to Miss Clove's house with the door and the gate open, with the wind blowing, with the sound of a cackling Miss Clove, which is really, really terrifying. Like this, I love it. It's a great cackle. It's a great cackle. Both the gate and the door close unassisted by themselves. <laughs> And David ends a story. His friends are all impressed. Like, damn, David. <laughs> Good story, David. <laughs> um, Betty and Eric both smile. And then Gary's like, the meeting's over. Let's do this. This has been a long yeah, night, guys. Yeah, we've been Great. too long. Uh, and t- then he officially closes it. And Gary tells us, until next time, pleasant dreams, everybody. And iconically throws the water Good job being responsible and putting out your campfire. Good job. I feel like this friendship, I hope after this, Dougie and Kevin stop being friends. Yeah, I would definitely be like. Dougie is carrying Kevin here. Dude, I'd be like, Kevin. Kevin, you're the worst. You caused a lot of stress for me in the past couple days. Seriously. Obliterated my parents. You don't listen. You totally disregard my feelings and opinions. Get out of here. Yeah, man. (laughs) <laughs> so this episode again was initially the Halloween special that was a standalone episode. Right. It was eventually picked up by Nickelodeon for series in the US on SNCC uh in 1992. Awesome. So in terms of the series, even though this was the pilot episode, it aired number four so to coincide with the timeline of it being a halloween episode so if you're looking to watch this episode on paramount plus which is where you can find the whole catalog it's season one episode four yeah a lot of people think that the show actually was probably canceled because of ratings declining but that's not true it was only commissioned to be 65 episodes long and it was such a hit that like once those 65 episodes were over dj McHale wanted to make new episodes sure. so they made like a new series of episodes from like 99 to 2000 oh, cool. uh they got pretty much a new cast of midnight society because it had been some sure. time between those two and then so tucker who is gary's brother canonically yeah. takes over <laughs> and leads the midnight society of a cool. bunch of new kids uh one of those people who was in the new series was alicia cuthbert oh stop it yeah dude funny. yeah super 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 Famous people have been on the show. Like tons of people got their yes, start and, or just been like acting in the show for mm-hmm. a while. Some of those famous people include, I'm going to list a lot of people because I thought some of these were really notable people. Hayden Christensen. So uh, Anakin Skywalker. Yes. Got it. Nev Campbell, Scream Queen. Queen. Fucking Nev, Nev Campbell. Queen Nev. And yes. I saw a clip of her episode and I do remember it. And I was like, man, you are just uh, She's iconic. Great. She's great. I think I watch Scream now. Jay Baruchel. I would marry Jay. I can I'm see that. I'm in love with him. Yeah, he's a handsome dude. What's up, Jay? Come over. We can smoke. Uh, your second favorite husband, Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that to Gilbert. I did it. And the Aflac duck. He wouldn't like me either. Again, Ryan Gosling, Tia and Tamara, Will Friedle from Boy Meets World, sure. who played Eric, who I had a weird crush on. I never really watched Boy Meets World, but I did watch Eric. I wasn't a huge Boy Meets World uh, viewer, but I also appreciated Eric. Yeah, he was a handsome dude. Yeah. Danny Cooksey, you may know him as Butnick from Salute Your Shorts. Butnick! Yeah. He was a prolific child actor. He had done like... I think he was on uh, Different Strokes. I think that his acting catalog is deep. Yeah, dude. And he does a lot of voice acting work now. He was a very successful kid actor, and now he's a really successful He was Stoop Kid on Hey Arnold. Yep. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's really good. Stoop Kid's afraid of Stoop. And one of my personal favorite actresses, sci-fi queen, Jewel State. Love it. Who was in Space Cases again, right? Like Small she, world. Yeah, right? Like working with the same people. She was in Firefly. She played Catalina in Space Cases, which was one of my favorite like childhood shows. But she was also in, did you ever watch this Flash Forward on Disney Channel? Yes, I watched Flash Forward. She was Forward. Becca? Yes. Bro, I yes. love Flash Forward. I also love Flash Forward. I had a crush on Ben. Of course you did. Um, but also, I we can't move on without talking about Melissa Joan Hart, who is also on our Yeah, Melissa Joan Hart, Tara Lipinski, again, Tatiana Lee, Love and it. then third husband, Bobcat, Bobcat Goldthwait. Listen, these are some <laughs> really impressive husbands with hard to say back last names. But I, my my married name is going to be really long. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. Patricia Goldthwait, Godfrey. Baruchel. <laughs> <laughs> then Goldthwait. 
Are You Afraid of Dark really was like one of those prolific kid shows. Really I think a was. lot of people have like those nostalgic kind of connections to it because it was creepy. It was fun. And it was like everything creepy kids it love. It was good storytelling. It really like, was. About everything else, like we have 22 minutes, 24 minutes, and they tell a good story. It's exciting and it's scary. It left a le lasting legacy. Like um, later seasons had an episode called The Tale of the Dream Girl, which I think you would remember once you see it but I don't want to say anything. It inspired M. Night Shyamalan's uh, The Sixth Sense. Holy Have you ever heard of that? Cow. Yeah. Allegedly. I don't know Allegedly, if that's necessarily true. Allegedly, I love it. Would you have your own Midnight Society as an adult? Would that be weird? So Maybe think... over wine? And <laughs> I know you're enjoying it. Um, I would love to listen to stories. I'm not a very good writer. Like, I'm not like a creative writer. I don't understand how people are creative. Like, people who just create things... I you're a magical unicorn to me because that's, I couldn't, I couldn't make up a scary story. You couldn't, you couldn't use real life things that happened It would to just be a Treehouse of Horror episode that I knew by heart and told <laughs> to people. <laughs> I think you can do it. I trust your instincts. I think you're a creative person. Thank you all so much for tuning in. If you have any questions, suggestions, or embarrassing confessions, please send us an email at thewaybackrecap at gmail.com. Again, that's thewaybackrecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at thewaybackrecappod. If you would like to support the show and or listen to bonus content and exclusive episodes, visit our Patreon page. Special, special thank you to Candace for being our first subscriber. It means the world to us. Burr, burr, burr. Yeah, thank you, Candace. Our original cover art is by Laura Strobush. Remember, wherever you listen to podcasts, follow or subscribe to The Wayback Recap. If you enjoyed yourself, please rate and review the show. But if that's too much, we totally get it. Tell a friend, preferably a responsible friend, who will rate and review the show. And join us next time. I'm Brandon. And I'm Patricia. And on behalf of the Wayback Recap, take, take care, care of each, each other, y'all.